continue with the message that started, and I want to actually truly welcome our, our special guest here this morning. I titled this message, The Force of Grace, and um, I think this is the first message on this, The Force of Grace. Holy Spirit, Lord, I'm totally dependent on you because I know that you are the teacher. You have to touch the hearts of your people to understand your word today and to minister to them. Your grace, in Jesus' name, amen. Angela is right. There is a spirit that makes you very somber this morning, right, Angela? It just comes from you. And, um, but last week, I, I said to our church here that God's throne has been transformed into the throne of grace. God sits on a throne in heaven, and that throne actually is now referred to as the throne of grace. That's Hebrews chapter 6, verse 14. It says, Come, therefore, come boldly to the throne of grace. So we are invited by God to come boldly to the throne of grace that we might obtain mercy and find grace to help in time of need. So that's God's throne is now a throne of grace. Grace is unmerited favor. You don't deserve it. God just likes you. Amen? You're feeling like a bad man, a bad boy, a bad girl. He just likes you. You want to talk about oh, how bad you've been? God's saying, I don't want to talk about that. Let's talk about how much I love you. And how much of a good boy you are. <laughs> I, just, just, I don't think you're thinking right. You, know, you don't really know me. He knows everything. He just thinks you're good because he sees you through the lens of his son. He can see you as a good person. That's grace. That's God's favor when we don't deserve it. The problem is, even though God approves of us, we don't approve of ourselves. I say, I know me. How many have been there? I know me. You can't be talking about me. God says, yes. I'm talking about you. I love you. You're so wonderful. And we say, oh. <laughs> you can't be talking about me. But he sees you through his son. And when he sees you, he sees another son, just like Jesus Christ. No difference. And he says, I want you to begin to learn now to approve of yourself the way I approve of you. Because if you don't get to that place, you can never do great things for God. You always hang your head down. You never expect any miracle. You never expect anything to change. But if you get to that place where you allow God to be God and accept what he says about you and accept yourself in Christ, you can read through Ephesians. I need, this is homework for everybody. Go home and find how many times God says in Christ, in him, in whom, Find out everything in Christ. He sees us in Christ. And when he sees you, he sees something beautiful. His son. So grace given to God. The Bible says that Jesus came full of grace and truth. And out of his fullness, we have received grace for grace. John chapter 1. Grace for grace. Because we need grace on this earth to survive. We need God's grace. And so grace came in 
to be a helper for us, to find grace to help in time of need. So when you have a need in your life, what you need is God's grace. And God says, come boldly to the throne of grace so you can find help. You have mercy, obtain mercy, and find grace to help in time of need. When you have a need, what you really need, your greatest need is grace. Because grace will help you, put you on the other side of your trouble, of your need. If I'm having family problems, what I need is God's grace to put me on the other side. Because when grace comes in, everything becomes beautiful. God changes everything. So grace is the helper. Helps with everything. Secondly, we talked about grace giving you victory in life. To reign in life. And today I'm going to start with grace is the teacher. Grace is the teacher. It says in uh, Titus chapter 2, beginning from verse 11 through 13, it says, For the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to all men. Let me hear you say, All men. That's you. <laughs> Amen. The grace is available to everybody. The grace of God that brings salvation. Salvation is freedom from whatever is bothering you. Freedom from whatever is putting you down. Freedom from whatever has become an addition from in your life that you can't be free from. God says the grace of God is available to you. For the grace of God that brings salvation, when you, get, when you have the grace of God, it will help you. He will bring you deliverance. He will give you freedom. The grace of God has appeared to everyone teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, godly in the present age. Looking for that blessed hope. And the glorious appearing of our God and Savior, Jesus Christ. There is a life after this life. Amen? We don't like talk, talking a lot about it, but I like to talk about it. There is a life after this life. The li eternal life compared to a 100 plus life is like a drop in the ocean. We spend a lot of time preparing for this life. Many people spend very little time preparing for a life that they've never, they've, we, that we don't know. We know nothing. This is all we know. So most people are fighting very hard to protect all we know. But there is another blessed hope. There is another life there. And notice what he says. The grace of God has appeared, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared to us. It's available to us, teaching us. Now, a teacher is not there. Is actually, a teacher is there to help you succeed, right? You don't have a teacher whose assignment is to help you fail. A teacher's job is to help you succeed. 
to help you on your path to your destiny. A teacher is not truly happy when you fail. Your teacher rejoices when you pass. But your teacher will test you, right? And the test is never pleasant. The test is not designed to make you fail in life. The test is designed to see if you have actually learned the lesson on your way to your destiny. And if you pass that test, the teacher rejoices and promotes you to another level to deal with more difficult tests. Because until you deal with more difficult tests, where you're going, you will not be able to handle it if you can pass this little test. Because when you get up there, you will be dealing with a whole lot of tests. And so when you pass your test, your teacher is pleased. If you have A's in all of them, this, this child's going to be something. So your teacher is not there to make you fail. Your teacher is there to help you succeed, for you to arrive at your destiny. Gra the grace of God is a teacher. That's what the Bible says. It teaches us because you have a destiny in God. And you need God's grace to both teach you and to put you through tests and still be with you during the test. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I'll fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. The grace will be with you as you're going through the test, show you how to pass the test so that you go to another level and it takes you to your destiny. But notice what grace is teaching you. It says, is teaching us that denying ungodliness and worldly lust, we should live soberly, righteously, and godly, not then, but in this present age, right now. Why? Because God, uh, ungodliness, ungodliness will destroy your destiny. Ungodliness will destroy your destiny. Worldly lust will bring you shame and disgrace. How many people have you heard shamed in this life? They were up there, they did something, and it brought them down. It destroyed them with a lot of shame. Ungodliness, what's, what's the meaning of the word ungodliness? You know, when we talk about ungodliness, people are thinking, well, when you sin. No, what that is, is God has no place in your life. You're ungodly. There is no room for God in your life. Your life is so full, there's no, there's no room for God. If your marriage, if in your marriage, God has not a place in your marriage, guess what kind of marriage you got? You may not be doing ungodly things, but God is not a part of your life. He's not a part of your family. He's not a part of your marriage. So what kind of marriage you have? An ungodly marriage. If God is not involved in your business, guess what kind of business you got? An ungodly business. That's where you see all kinds of crazy stuff happening in the business. Sometimes even killing. Just to make profit. Why? 
because it's an ungodly business. If you allow God into the business, you won't do those stuff. If God is not involved with your family, guess what kind of family you got? An ungodly, ungodly family. So what God is saying, grace is teaching you in everything that you do. The Bible even says, when you eat, what should you do? Give thanks. Invite him to be a part of it. Whatever you do, in word and in deed, he says to do it all in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. That's being godly. Not going to church. That's part of it. That's part of it. And a very important part of it. But when you take God out of your finances, guess what? You have an ungodly finance. Whatever it is, that you take God out of. He's not a part of it, and you've lost him. Many Christians, but this is what we do. God, we have received you as our Lord and Savior, but you see, we got this one room here that you must never go. Don't, 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 don't talk to me about that. Just leave me alone. I've had that with people, right? Don't beat me over the head with the scriptures. We don't want that. It's not me. Basically, you're saying, I don't want God in this area of my life. And whatever area you don't want God to be a part of, that part is ungodly. Where you go, if God cannot go with you, <laughs> that's an ungodly place. I say an a- amen to that, even if you don't say anything. That's real powerful amen. If God cannot go with you, that's an ungodly place. If you can say, thank you, Jesus, wherever you are, <laughs> and if you said, thank you, Jesus, everybody goes, who said that? That's an ungodly place. And you have no business going there. Why? It will destroy your destiny. It will destroy your destiny. It starts very small. Maybe just a little addiction or whatever. You're hiding it before long. He's destroyed everything that you stand for. Because you didn't allow God in that area. And grace. Now notice grace doesn't condemn. He won't condemn you. That is, that's why the Bible says. Let us therefore come boldly. Because you are going to find. You are going to obtain mercy. You come in there and you say God. You know, I didn't allow you in this area. Now I'm suffering. It's his mercy. I got compassion. I'm going to help you. When you leave, I'm going to send somebody with you. It's called grace. And it's going to help you free yourself from whatever it is. So that your destiny is not destroyed. Destiny is so important. And your destiny can affect your own children after you're gone. The things that you value when you take God out. Your children pay the price. But when you put God in, and because you have put God in, and you inject God into your family, it's God, 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 God. He said, why don't you all do anything? He's always God, God. That's a good thing. Because they all die, but he's still there. And when you're gone, he's still looking at uh, over your children because he becomes their father or their mother. And he continues to take care of them even after you're gone. And he says, God said, I swear I'm going to take care of them. Even to the 10th generation, I'll take care of them. There's nothing better than that. That's why godliness is, the Bible says, 
Godliness and contentment is great gain. Read the scripture. Godliness and contentment is great gain in life and in the life to come. Worldly loss, that will destroy and bring you, destroy you and bring you shame. It starts in secret, but, the, but Jesus is very clear. <laughs> Whatever is done in secret is going to be shouted from the housetop. Everybody's going to find out one day. Especially if you don't listen to grace. God says, okay, I'm tired. I'm going to put it out to everybody. And he's not trying to destroy you. He's still trying to help you. Still trying to help you. Still trying to help you. So grace is a teacher. Wanting to teach you. Every one of us will have to go through a test. And the higher you go, the greater the test. The things Angel and I have to deal with today, we didn't have to deal with those things when we were just church members. <laughs> After church, we were on our own. No, no care, no worry, nothing. But we're good. <laughs> Till next Wednesday or Sunday, we're back. And we're ready to raise our hands. But now we've got things to deal with. Don't bother us. We enjoy it. Why? Because this is where God has placed us. So important. If you don't, it will bring you shame and disgrace. I'm going to move for Father dear. Grace will restore self-respect. Self-respect. It will inject it into your life, the grace of God. Notice the word grace, that's a beautiful word, right? Makes you beautiful. And when the grace of God works in you, you carry yourself differently. Amen? And you have respect for yourself. I had a friend of mine tell me this. This was funny. Uh, back when I was newly saved, he said he got saved and stopped uh, drinking, you know, alcohol. And he said when he went somewhere. And the guys told him, hey, hey, would you have a, do you care for a, a, a glass of beer? He said, no, I'm not suffering. <laughs> in other words, if you suffer, you need that. I got joy in my heart. I don't need that stuff. He said, no, I'm not suffering. You guys can suffer with whatever you got. <laughs> But when grace brings self-respect, there are certain things you don't do. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because you respect yourself too much for your God. I'm not going there. I'm not doing that stuff. Because now you are beginning to approve of yourself the way God approves of you. And we have to get there in a hurry. Because God said, how can two walk together Except they be in agreement. God says you are okay, but you keep saying something inside. You keep saying, no, you're not. And you've accepted it. And the reason is because you are not allowing grace to do its work in your life. Once you allow grace to do its work, then you will carry yourself differently. So grace will bring to you self-respect. You know, there's a story in the Bible of, of uh, a woman... Uh, who had the issue of blood. How grace can transform your life and bring you so much self-respect, honor, and peace. 
Many of us know the story of the woman with the issue of blood. But let me tell you what was going on in her, in her time. First, this woman with the issue of blood, she was considered defiled. And God had said, if any woman is going through that, you can't go to church. You can't be, when they did their feast and all of that, she couldn't be there. That woman couldn't go there. She couldn't go to any of the feasts. Basically, the way it was in that time, if she sat on a chair and someone else, without knowing, goes to the same chair and sits on the same chair, at that point, you're defiled. You have to go home, take off your clothes that you were wearing. You wash those clothes, you put them out to dry. No dryers in those days, okay? <laughs> you put them out to dry, and for the whole of that day till the next day, the same time, you're defiled. So on Saturday, no one wants to be close to that lady because, I mean on Friday, Saturday was the day of service. If you go close to her, you can go to church. Now think about this. For 12 years, this woman couldn't go to church. She was a Jewish woman. A Jewish woman that couldn't go to church. So every time they have the feast, and they have several every year, She's left alone behind. Her heart was there, but she couldn't go. So religiously, she was hurting. Socially, she couldn't be around anybody. Physically, blood coming out of your body nonstop for 12 years, that's, that's trouble. She had no life. She really had no life. But that's why Jesus came. Amen? To give us self-respect. The little she had, I'm sure the doctors were taking advantage of her. They gave her hope, the Bible said. For 12 years, she spent everything. One doctor says, we can help you. She goes in there, and finally, she spent that money, no help. I don't know how anybody could have lived that way for 12 years. Shame, disgrace, wondering what she had done. And all of that. But then she heard of the one who came with the fullness of grace. And she decided to have hope again. Maybe this one can help me. That's why the message of Jesus is so beautiful. And to share of him. And to respond. No matter how long the problem has been. No matter how bad the situation is. It doesn't matter how painful your hurt is. He can relieve you of all of that in one day. He can bring you so much grace and beauty in one day. She heard about Jesus when everything else had failed. She heard about the grace of God and that Jesus was so good. You don't even have to speak to him. There was no way for this woman to come to Jesus in the open and say, look, this is what I'm going through. She knew that. She had no place 
being around people and especially around a rabbi. But she went. And she pushed through the crowd and touched Jesus' clothes. And she was healed. Now in my mind, I see her. Can you imagine the first time she was able to go to the temple? Had to talk. Talking to people, hugging people. And they're talking back to her. Nobody trying to get away from her. Her dignity had returned. That's what Jesus does for us. If we are willing to accept and receive his grace. That's what Jesus is all about for us. And he will do that for us this morning. Amen. He will do that for us this morning. I'm going to close with the story of Zacchaeus. And I'm going to read this because we're ending this today. In Luke chapter 19, verse 1 through 10, it says, Then Jesus entered and passed through Jericho. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature, as he was below five feet tall. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came, when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, that's other people saw it, they all complained, saying he had gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Lord, look, I give half of my goods to the poor. And if I have taken anything from anyone by false accusation, I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to him, today salvation has come to this house, because he also is the son of Abraham. For the son of man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. Now, if you look at the story of Zacchaeus, he was a rich man. And now, if you go to Luke chapter 18, Jesus actually was talked to a rich young ruler and said, go and sell everything and then come and follow me. In other words, sell everything and you earn the right to become a friend of God. And he turned it down. And Jesus said, how hard it is for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And the disciples said, who then can be saved? And Jesus said, with man, that's impossible. But with God, nothing shall be impossible. And then he demonstrated it with Zacchaeus. The next chapter. Same chapter. Now, Zacchaeus, he could care less about religion. Zacchaeus, he loved money. He worked with the Romans. The Romans said, take, collect taxes, and whatever you get, give us this, and the rest you can keep. So he beats you down to get the money. You got to give him the money. Zacchaeus didn't care about the temple. He cared nothing about God. He knew they called him a sinner, wicked, chief tax collector. He was at the top of the wicked ones. Amen. But he could care less. 
But then he heard about Jesus. That's a different thing. He heard about Jesus, and that touched his heart. He wanted just to see him, just to see Jesus. And uh, climbed up a tree. It's like Bill Gates climbing up a tree just to see somebody. <laughs> he became a child. And guess what Jesus told us? Except you are converted and become as children, you will not enter into the kingdom of God. Many times we analyze too much and we miss God. Just go as a child. And Jesus got to the place where he was up there in the tree and called him by name. He knows your name. Amen. Jesus knows everything about you. He called him by name. Zacchaeus wasn't expecting any of that. And Jesus was inviting himself to his home. The rabbi in his time, not Jesus, they won't go near his home. And here, that was the chief rabbi everyone was talking about. And this day, he's got him to himself in his house. Man, Zacchaeus was beside himself. You're going to come to my house? You're coming to my house? And he said he received him joyfully. Can I hear an amen? Now, would you receive grace joyfully this morning? Would you receive the grace of God joyfully? Zacchaeus was so happy. He wasn't thinking about his sin. He knew people were saying things. But Jesus don't care about what people say. He cares about you and what's happening in your life. And he wants to transform your life. If you allow him in, he'll transform you. Can I hear an amen? Zacchaeus was excited. He called all his sinner friends. And every one of us was there. <laughs> he called all of them. And they were excited. The big rabbi was in town and in his home. Guess what grace does? When you come boldly, without knowing, many meant nothing to this man anymore. Did you notice? No big deal. He said, if I take him anything, I'll give half of my wealth to the poor. And the rest of it, if I've taken anything from anybody wrongly, I'm going to give it back to them. He found true living. He found grace. He found the grace of God. We don't have to climb up on a tree to receive Christ. But you can receive him where you are today. You can receive grace into your life. Because he loves us so. He loves us so. Grace transformed him. Now he was with the same God that created the universe. And God wants to be your guest today. Amen? God wants, God wants you to receive him into your home. How many will receive Jesus if he wants to be with you tonight, uh, this morning? Are you going to say no to him? Just be like Zacchaeus. All heads bowed this, all heads bowed this morning. And all eyes closed. If you don't know Christ intimately, and there is a way to know him intimately, and you know that yourself, he wants to come into your life. If you're here this morning and you say, I know I'm a Christian, but I'm doing things that I know God doesn't like, 
And I really want Christ in my life. I want to be transformed. I want him in my life. And that's you this morning. At the count of three, would you just lift your hand up quickly and put it back down? One, two, three. Put your hand up. Put your hand up. Thank you. Thank you. Put your hand up. Thank you. See those hands. Thank you. Jesus saw those hands today. And he has received you even as you welcomed him into your life. You can look up, look back up here at me. If you, if you raise your hand this morning, there's a part of this card here that says my decision today. What I'd like to do is to help you in your work with God, just like I was helped. We'll send you some material that you, if you faithfully go through those material, you study them closely, you will begin to hear God speak to you and deal with you. So please put that in and uh, put it in the offering basket as it goes by. We're going to be receiving our offering right now. And after the offering, our prayer partners will be up here. If you have any needs, please come down and let them agree with you and God will meet that need. I want to turn to um, Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10. Second Corinthians chapter 9 verse 10. It says, Now many may he who supplies seed to the sower and bread for food, supply and multiply the seed you have sown and increase the fruit of your righteousness. God gives you seed to sow, and that's how we supply, uh, uh, support our church through our tithes and our offerings. And God blesses us with the seed, and you sow the seed as you give your tithe and your offering, you're giving it to God. God receives it from you. He'll multiply the seed sown, give you bread to eat while your seed is growing to produce, and then it will increase the fruit of your righteousness. I've asked that our church will help me with our television program. We're starting in January. Let me let you know fully that we already have enough money to cover the whole year for the program itself. But we need to change our cameras. We will probably at the end of this month or early next month, we're going to be sending the money in. I just want to win so. And we are going to win so. And so I need you to help us as God puts in your heart. We need to get to that 30,000 so we can change the cameras to something better so we have a better quality because our television program over there is going to be coming at a prime time. But I don't want to say, this is coming from America. How come it's not bright? <laughs> so we got to change that. So, But right now, at where we are, we already have enough to pay for the whole year for the program. For the programming. We already have that. Amen. All we need now is to be able to change the cameras and what we're doing back there so that they have a program. 
I'm going to see a lot of souls saved. I know that. People will respond. One of the pastors over there told me it won't be long before the Ark Fellowship will become a household name. That's not important, but we believe one day we'll be having meetings over there and we'll be having a lot of souls saved, maybe in the thousands. And that's what our church is all about. Can I hear an amen? That's all our church is all about, to win souls for the kingdom of God. Amen. Please raise your offering up. We're going to pray over the offering. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we thank you for the privilege to give to the work of the kingdom. We ask that you bless the offering and multiply our seed sown. And we thank you, Lord, for the increase that you're giving, in, giving to us, both in personal, in our church, in people, and in the finances of the church, and for your people, great increase to take care of their families. Thank you, Father, in Jesus' name. And God's people said, Amen.